blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Here are your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. Uh, and that's a cat. I'm so sorry. Is that a cat? <laughs> We're keeping this in. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co-host, John Spees. And today we have got two amazing trivia contenders. I have heard their voices on other trivia podcasts, and I'm really excited to bring them on to Throwback Trivia Takedown. In one corner, we have got little Nikki, Nicole Newlist. Please say hi and a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. My name is Nicole Newlist. I live in Chicago, Illinois. I write about horse racing. I'm actually recording this from Hawthorne Racetrack just outside of Chicago because I was here to work the races today, and now I'm just staying to record the podcast because it takes me too long to get home. <laughs> so, yes, I I like horsies, and I like 90s music, and if you know those two things, you know a lot about me already. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've seen that in other – you've mentioned that in other tr- podcasts, and I'm just like, man, that is – Really cool. Like writing about horse racing and just horse racing in general that that, you know, is is what you have your life and, you know, uh, your job around is is pretty awesome. I love it. And if I'm not working at the track, I'm either working other freelance gigs writing about horse racing or I'm hosting my horse racing podcast, Chicago Race of the Day, or I'm just watching horses run around. It's it's a pretty big part of my life. Very cool. All right. And in the other corner, we have. Tony, Tony, Tony Rask, and I gotta ask you, do you got no loot? Uh, I don't know if you're a Tony, Tony, Tony fan, but that's a great song by them. Uh, anyway, Tony Rask, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I don't understand the reference, and I refuse to respond to it. Um, uh, my name is Tony. I live in Boryang, South Korea. Um, it is not night here. It is nice 11 something in the morning. Um, I am an English teacher. In uh, Korean public schools. Um, been here for about three and a half years. Nope, longer than that. I don't know. Long <laughs> enough. Three and a half years, maybe. Um, and um, I'm a, I enjoy a lot of board games. So I hope maybe we've got some board game questions coming up, but we'll see. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, Tony, happy. Tony, Tony questions. Yeah. As long as we, <laughs> then you're fine. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Before we get going, we got to let y'all know the rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. 
You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. Okay, now that you know all of our new and revamped rules, I want to get to know you just a little bit better. And I want y'all to tell me, what is your favorite Queen song of all time? Whoever wants to jump in. My favorite Queen song is Bohemian Rhapsody. And I know that sounds hackneyed, but I have a story. Back when I was in law school, I was showing up to audition for the law school musical my third year. And I had an actual show tune that I was going to sing as my audition. And then on the sheet, when I was signing in, it said, you can sing this, 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 Bohemian Rhapsody, or anything else you want. And with Bohemian Rhapsody on the sheet, I was like, that sounds like a challenge. I've sung that song at karaoke enough. People seem to like it. I threw my initial audition song right out the window. I sang Bohemian Rhapsody. And by the end of the night, I had an email from the director of the show. Apparently, the huge final number was a law school-themed parody of Bohemian Rhapsody. And they wanted me to do Freddie Mercury's part. Nice. Very cool story. Tony. That's pretty excellent. And I can't top it. But... um... My favorite is Don't Stop Me Now, because can you possibly think of a happier Queen? A happier, not not just like a Queen song, but any song ever. It is so triumphant and wonderful. And it's like one of my favorite songs of all time. Tony, you do sound like you're having a good time. You're having a ball. But when Nicole's story, I got to go. Oh, man. She, yeah. like that. And, and also, yeah. I ranked I ranked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody higher on my list, which I actually don't think Don't Stop Me Now made my list, uh, my top 10 Queen songs. Oh, my gosh, your face. Don't kill me. <laughs> Wagging the finger. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was my number two of all time. So that means, Nicole, you get to pick your first category. All right, I am going to go with, oh, there's two that I want so much. I'm going to go with slang. (laughs) And your decade is the 50s. Well, let's see what I can remember from my parents. One of my parents was born in the 50s. The other one was born in the 40s. (laughs) A paper shaker was a 50s slang for what type of person commonly seen at sporting events? A paper shaker at sporting events. Who's shaking paper? Well, the only paper that I can think of being shaken at sporting events is when I'm walking from the red line to Comiskey Park, people trying to scalp tickets, so I'm going to go scalper. Scalper is incorrect. Tony, you get a chance to steal. The only other paper I could think of um, is like someone who's uh, selling programs or like like merchandising for the stadium. So what would you call so that person? Person who's selling merchandise in the stadium. Uh, it doesn't Pro- matter. That, it's, it's, a, it's a program. It's, program a, seller. it's yeah, incorrect. Yeah. It's, all right. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but no, uh, when you're shaking, good game, good game, shaking the pom-poms, it's a pom-pom girl or a cheerleader. Those little, that was a paper shaker. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Tony, it is your category to pick. I will take fashion. And your decade is the 70s. 
We got a question from Jackie Lefebvre. Thank you so much, Jackie. In 1974, fashion designer Rudy Gernreich invented this risque new beachwear item in response to a specific ban at some Los Angeles beaches, which provided increased exposure for all. Meow. I'm so sorry. About oh, it's totally He's cool. Just an asshole. Your oh, cat just yeah, wants to answer some so. of the questions. Um, I have two things I'm between. I'm going to say the banana hammock. The banana hammock, uh, though we love it all so much, is incorrect. <laughs> Nicole? I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question, please? You got it. In 1974, fashion designer Rudy Gernreich invented this risque new beachwear item in response to a specific ban at some Los Angeles beaches, which provided increased exposure for all. Increased exposure for all. The thong? The thong bikini is correct. That's yes. who invented it. So specifically, uh, Los Angeles beaches started banning, they were banning nude beaches, and Rudy Gernreich apparently wasn't happy with that, designed and named the first thong bathing suit uh, that exposed the buttocks for both men and women. That was exactly why I guessed the thong. It was the only revealing piece of beach wear I could think of that people of all genders wore. Yeah. And, you know, I also wear banana hammocks, too, uh, but they are <laughs> slight, slightly different. So I hope everybody does not get that out of their head for years to come. Uh, okay. Uh, with the steal, and it is back to Nicole for your category. I'll take toys and games. Toys and games. And your decade is the 2000s. In a 2005 third-person action-adventure video game, you'd play this mere mortal as he goes on an epic journey to kill Ares, the god of war. In actual Greek mythology, it's the same name as the divine personification of strength. Mere mortal to kill Ares in a 2005 video game. <sighs> divine personification of strength. Oh, this video game is newer than... The ancient 8-bit Nintendo, which means I'm a little struggling here. Divine personification of strength. Hercules. Hercules is incorrect. Tony, you got a chance to steal? Um, I might murder my cat. He's being <laughs> just horrible. I, he's crashed on my desk next to me right now, and I don't approve. Um, I know the game. I used to watch my friends play it in high school. I never played it, and now I just cannot freaking remember. It's um, it's a Spartan, <laughs> I think. Like that's like the backstory. Cronos is not no. Cronos is a Titan or something. Kratos. Kratos is correct. What a yeah, poll. Kratos done. is the Thank you, dumb friends in high school. <laughs> <laughs> the protagonist of the God of War series is Kratos. Good job. All right. Well, Tony responds back with a steal of her own, and you gotta pick your category. I will take TV. And your decade is the 90s. Michael Crichton. Best-selling author of works like Jurassic Park, The Andromeda Strain, Congo, and more, was also the creator of what medical drama starting in 1994? Uh, um, ER. 
ER is correct. Yep, it's like my favorite. My mom and I would get together on Thursday nights and watch it together throughout like my entire childhood. Because <laughs> it was on for my entire childhood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was huge. Absolutely just dominated uh, the Nielsen ratings in like yeah. those mid-90s. Yep. All right, uh, Nicole, you got to pick your category. I will take food. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. This cheesy dish was featured at the Switzerland exhibit in the 1964 New York World's Fair, and its fame soon dipped into dinner parties everywhere. 60s cheesy fashionable food that's gotta be fondue. It is fondue. Absolutely. Yeah, that was such a big hit. Now, I mean, yeah, fondue is great, but like, I don't want to spend, what, like 60 bucks a person at the melting pot. I'm not going to lie for some dip cheese. Now, I, I hear it's pretty good, though. I hear it is really good. I've never been out to a fondue place, but I have been to just gatherings where people have made fondue, and I love it. And I love the cheesy kind. I know there's also kind of a dessert chocolate fondue, but... Mm. Cheese is life. Give me the cheese. <laughs> yes. Cheese is the best. My All we of went the to cheeses. the melting pot once, and my I had convinced my dad to take us there as a family for like a nice dinner, and he was so angry at me when he got the bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, Tony, you got to pick your category. And left we have movies, music, news and politics, sports, and literature. Uh, I'll take literature. And your decade is the 2000s. This 2003 mystery thriller sold over 80 million copies within the decade. Sales spiked possibly due to being extensively denounced by many Christian denominations as an attack on the Catholic Church and consistently being criticized for its historical and scientific inaccuracies. Uh, poor Tom Hanks. Um, the Da Vinci Code? The Da Vinci Code is correct. All right. All right. We are moving along. Doing very well here. Nicole, can you keep things going by picking your category and getting the question right? I can try. I'm playing with fire with any of these four categories left, but I feel I might be least likely to get burned with music, so I'm going to go with music. And your decade is the 2000s. All right. I apologize because we're going to the throwback lounge. And so I need y'all. Yes. <laughs> I need you to tell me. <laughs> you need to name the group of this 2003 number one hit. All right. I'm going to lounge sing the lyrics. You think you got it. Oh, you think you got it, but got it, just don't get it, when there's nothing at all. We get together, oh, we get together, hey, but separate's always better when there's feelings involved, oh. Well, I don't think I've ever heard this lounge song, but <laughs> I think I got it, oh, I think I got it. It's Hey Ya, which means it's Outcast. Outcast is correct. Good job. Awesome. You know, I'd like to think I uh, I did that one pretty damn well. I'm not going to lie. I killed it. It was delightful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so it's some, much. It's a new, mo uh, new Richard Cheese right over yeah. there. Yeah. Tell you what. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Straight from fondue, 
right into Adam Cheese. Uh, okay. All right. You are so much better than Richard Cheese. <laughs> well, I wish I wish I got like the album sales that Richard Cheese had. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but or maybe 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 we'll get more and more people into the Patreon, uh, and they'll love it just as much as they love Dick Cheese. Wow, that guy! What a name! <laughs> oh, so gross! <laughs> so gross! That's his name. Just, I just I just threw up a little. Bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's his name. My skin is crawling. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All mm. right, Tony. You have got movies, news, and politics, and sports. Um, news and politics. Okay. And your decade is the 50s. A boycott took place from December 5th, 1955 to December 20th, 1956 in this U.S. city. It's regarded as the first large-scale U.S. demonstration against segregation, and it came in response to Rosa Parks' arrest. Montgomery, Alabama. The Montgomery bus boycott is correct. Yes, Montgomery, Alabama is the answer. All right. Movies or sports, which one do you hate just a little bit less, Nicole? Well, (laughs) I pay no attention to movies whatsoever. I actually enjoy sports quite a bit, so I'm going to go with sports. For the horse racing person, absolutely. And your decade is the 2000s. Okay. In 2008's Super Bowl forty-two. Trailing the New England Patriots 14-10 with the game winding down, the New York Giants faced a third and five in their own territory. Eli Manning then hit this wide receiver for a 33-yard helmet-assisted catch, giving momentum to go on and win the game. I knew this was the helmet catch. I'm just hoping that I remember correctly that it was Tyree. David Tyree is correct. Yes. Wow, good job. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I got a football question correctly because if there's one sport that I pay no attention to and have never really been into, it's football. So (laughs) I'm shocked. Well, that was a good get. I, I don't think, honestly, before looking at it, I never would have remembered David Tyree, but I mean that is that is his thing. He'll go down in history because that was I mean one of the top catches ever. It's the only thing I know David Tyree for is yep. the helmet catch. Yep. Yep. All right, Tony, what uh, well movies. Y- yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll take movies for for 100, please. No. Okay. <laughs> Your decade is the 80s. Okay. Okay. Nelson has some feelings yeah. about that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what Nelson thinks about this question. This actor launched his directing career with the family drama Ordinary People in 1980. The film won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, and he won an Oscar for Best Director. Is it? I don't know. I'm just going to guess. Is it Robert Redford? Robert Redford. Is correct. Nice. (laughs) Good pull. Very good job. All right. That is the end of round one. John, could you please let us know the score updates? All right. The end of round one, Tony has 50 and Nicole has 40. It's a tight game. All right. It could go any way. Let's see what happens in round two. And to start us off, Tony, you get to pick for Nicole. 
Um, I'm going to pick TV for Nicole. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. Right. This imaginary friend of Big Bird made his first appearance on November 15th, 1971. It wasn't until the 80s, though, that he could be seen by the other residents of Sesame Street. I think friend of Big Bird, and there's a little voice in my head that's saying something about how Snuffy was originally imaginary and then eventually not, so I'm going to say Snuffleupagus. Aloysius Snuffleupagus is correct. Good job. Good pull. Uh, Thank you. All right. Uh, Now, Nicole, you get to pick for Tony. Sports. Sports. No hesitation. (laughs) Yeah, I can see the pain in Tony's face with that one. You like that as much as I like TV. (laughs) I know. I know. I deserve it. And her decade is going to be the 90s. Okay. Wow. All right. 90s and 2000s for our sports questions. Okay. The 1992 U.S. men's basketball team truly was the dream team. It included 11 pros who would all eventually go into the Hall of Fame. But it also included this hated college player from the Duke Blue Devils. I watched that documentary, too, so I should remember this. (laughs) You should. If you you know the documentary I'm referencing, then yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it was like 900 months ago that I watched the documentary in pandemic time. Yeah, exactly. All, all of um, uh, It was like three months, but literally. <laughs> always longer. It was it was 10 months ago. Um, that that March, though, last year literally did last like seven, eight months. Yeah. Um, I. The only person I can think of but I don't think he was on the dream team that everyone hated, but he was professional. I just don't know. I'm just going to say Isaiah Thomas because I don't have a better guess. Isaiah Thomas did not get picked for the dream team. No, I know. And he was very angry. About he it. was very angry, but he should have I been. Mean, he is an amazing <laughs> player. All right, yeah. Nicole, you get a chance to steal. Oh, I love this question. I grew up in North Carolina. I've been a Duke fan oh. since I was a small <laughs> child. One of my formative sports moments was Julie Crone winning the Belmont with Colonial Affair. The other was Grant Hill to Christian Leitner mm-hmm. to Downing, Kentucky. He was my favorite player when I was a kid. It's Christian Leitner. Yes, it is Christian Leitner. And the documentary I'm referring to, there was ESPN did a 30 for 30 called I Hate Christian Leitner. Uh, that's why I put the hate. Oh, no. I was thinking it was referenced in The Last Dance since so oh. many of them were bulls. Gotcha. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Nicole, you get the steal, and now, Tony, you've got to give Nicole another category. Slang. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. This slang began in the 90s and refers to houses that are typically built in suburban neighborhoods or developments that are regarded critically as oversized and ostentatious, though I don't think they were sold in fast food restaurants. These have to be McMansions. Yeah, that last little sentence nailed it in there. It is McMansions. Okay. <laughs> I wish I owned one. I'm not going to lie. I-, I would take a big ostentatious house. I don't care. I wouldn't want to deal with having to clean and upkeep that much space. I have an apartment and 
a lot of days I feel like it's too big. I miss my 285 square foot postage stamp size studio that I lived in in St. Louis. Yeah, well, fair enough. Like for me, a McMansion would in fact be McMansion hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hell or not, we got to keep this game going. And it's not hell. I'm just kidding. It's actually a very good game. It's a very close game. Nicole, you get to pick for Tony. I'm going to go with movies. And your decade is the 70s. This 1979 American action cult classic film centers on a New York City gang who must make an urban journey of 30 miles from the north end of the Bronx to their home turf in Coney Island in southern Brooklyn after they are framed for the murder of a respected gang leader. I said it's a cult classic? Oh I my did. god. American cult classic film. I really don't think this is a 70s movie and I can't think of anything else and I've never seen it and I know nothing about what it's about but I'm going to guess <laughs> I know super confident uh, I'm going to guess the Lost Boys Lost Boys is definitely a cult classic but it is incorrect yeah. Nicole you got a chance to steal absolutely none of this sounds familiar <laughs> I know it has to do with gangs, although for some reason I think the movie was in the 80s. I just can't think of anything else. I'm going to guess The Outsiders. The Outsiders is about gangs, but it's incorrect. Now, this one, uh, I think, yeah, you'd probably recognize the name. Very cold casting. 79, The Warriors. The Warriors. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I've heard the name. I was yeah. never going to pull it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, all right. That means, uh, Nicole. No, no, no. I was wrong. Tony, you get to pick for Nicole. Oh. Oh, and also, thank you, Jackie LeFave, for that last question. You gave us that one. I really appreciate it. I will go for... Probably we're going to regret it. Um, Toys and Games. Toys and Games. In your decade is the 90s. Wow, okay. With this 90s toy, you need to blow them up, put your hand inside, and get ready to have the time of your life. Because these inflatable punching toys are more fun than a pillow fight. Blow them up, inflatable punching toys. I, I, I know the concept. I vaguely remember them existing, but I never had them, and I don't remember the ads well enough to remember what they were called. Oh. Inflatable punching toys. What were they called? <laughs> Bop'ems. I don't know. Bop'ems. Bopums is incor incorrect. So but close. <laughs> yeah. So close. Sock and boppers. Sock and boppers. That's right. <laughs> Blow them up. Put your hand inside. Get ready to have the time of your life. Sock and boppers. Sock and boppers. More fun than a pillow fight. <laughs> I How do I not remember so this song at all? My was, mom was afraid that my brother and I would, A, destroy the house or kill each other. And I was like, well, we're punching each other with fists right now, surely. 
Yeah, it's got to be Surely something be safer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, they were sued at one point by um, I think it was Hasbro, not for not, not for not for kids punching up kids, um, but because Hasbro or maybe it was Mattel, whoever owns Rock'em Sock'em Robots sued them mm. for infringement, and so they've changed their names to Soccer Boppers. Not as much fun. Sock'em Boppers is is the best, boppers. but yep. yep. What's funny is uh, there was something in my head. I remembered there being some punching toy where there was a lawsuit with Rock'em Sock'em Robots, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just I don't think I've ever heard the term Sock'em Boppers in my entire <laughs> life. That that song is forever <laughs> embedded in my head, and and Tony, yep. obviously you as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, gets the steal, and Nicole, you get to. Give Tony between music, fashion, literature, and food. Is news and politics still open or no? It is. I just forgot to say it. (laughs) I'll go news and politics. (laughs) All right. And your decade is the 2000s. Okay. A conflict happened between 2003 to 2005 in this region of West Sudan. The outcome was mass murder of an estimated 300,000 people and displacement of 2 million civilians, leading to a humanitarian crisis of epic proportions. Um, You cut out a lot during the question, but I think I got the gist of it. Um, Darfur. 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 Yep, Darfur. Darfur 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 is correct. All right. Um, I'm going to take a punt and give Nicole fashion. Oh, that's a good punt. Despite getting it in the last round, fashion is not my thing. Yeah. And your decade is the 60s. Okay. In 1961's Breakfast at Tiffany's, Audrey Hepburn cemented the forever sexiness of the LBD. What does LBD stand for in terms of fashion? LBD is the little black dress. (laughs) Tony, not happy with that question, but Nicole absolutely is because it is the little black dress. It was a fashion question about movies, and somehow I still knew it. I didn't know (laughs) such a question existed. (laughs) Of course. Yep. Well, you nailed it on the head. And now you get to give one of the categories between literature, food, and music to Tony. Literature. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. Wow. We are staying much more current. All right. Good, because I wasn't alive before <laughs> 87. So. <laughs> All right. 1991's Time Person of the Year went to this billionaire and media mogul. The piece particularly highlighted CNN's coverage of the Operation Desert Storm and the Gulf War, proclaiming it history as it happens. Okay, I'm going to... Can I ask you for a repeat? I think either somewhere my internet's maybe a little glitchy or if it's... Possibly mine, but I am more than happy to read the question again. Also, is this okay. a literature question? It is because it's 1991's Time Person of the Year, so it's a magazine, which oh, you read You read magazines. Okay. Yep. Fair. All right. So I'm giving you that. So, <laughs> so it's kind of tied into that. But anyway, 1991's Time Person of the Year went to this billionaire and media mogul. The piece particularly highlighted CNN's coverage of Operation Desert Storm and the Gulf War, proclaiming it history as it happens. I... Gotta go with Ted Turner. 
you gotta go with the correct answer. Ted Turner is correct. Yeah. He okay. he created CNN, and that was uh, what. And their mm-hmm. coverage is what put him as uh, the time person of the year. So, fair enough. Interesting. All right, Tony, you get to pick for Nicole. Oh, um, well, mm, trying to think which I which one I don't want. Um, Nicole, enjoy some music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And your decade is the 80s. What Australian band released the album Business As Usual in 1981, but 82 for the U.S. that reached number one in six countries? What was the name of the album? Business As Usual. Business As Usual. Basically, name an Australian 80s band. I have never heard of this album, but since I know they're Australian, I'm going... Oh, goodness. That's another Australian band, You thought too. of another one, didn't you? Yes, yep. I did. I, I've got three different Australian <laughs> 80s bands bopping around in my head, and I was... And, and since I don't know the name of the album, it's basically I'm rolling a die just like John's been this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Business as usual. Oh, who is it? All right, I'm going to stick to the one that I was going to go with first, and I'll say Crowded House. Crowded House is incorrect. Tony, you get a chance to steal. All right, well, that took one of my guesses off. I don't have uh, anyone's chance of stealing it from me. The only two I have left on my list after Crowded House was taken is Men at Work or ACTC, which are very different bands. Business as business usual kind of makes sense for Men at Work, like business work. Um, but they can't. I don't know ACDC that well, but I can't think that this is an album. I'm. Did you say it's like their second album or they, like just an album? I just said an album. And it reached number one in okay. six countries. Um, just had to emphasize that for. I'm going to have to. Oh, God. I'm going to have to go with ACDC. ACDC is incorrect because God. when business is usual, Damn that it. means you're usually working and it's men at work Freaking a. land down under <laughs> yes. men at work was on my short list. I was actually, I, I didn't even think of ACDC oddly enough. I mean, I knew that wasn't an ACDC title cause I had just been listening to an episode of hit parade that talked about ACDC. My list was crowded house, Men at Work and Midnight Oil. Mm. And my brain didn't even oh, link oil. the business and the work That's, thing. Yep. I am kicking myself. That was the really? hint. Oh, man. Uh, it did link it for me. <laughs> and I went the other way. You said it. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, no. <laughs> That's it. 
Yep. <laughs> All right. But, uh, Tony, you are still going to get this last question of food. John, could you let us know the decade? Oh, God. There's one left. And her decade is the 80s. Okay. Another question from Jackie Lefebvre. Thank you so much, Jackie. In 1983, this company introduced a squeezable plastic bottle for its condiments. The first of its kind, the consumer products industry hailed it as a major advance in the industry. Mm, I'm going to guess Heinz. Mm, you're going to guess correct. Heinz is correct. Okay. Yeah, it could have been. I just couldn't think of it. Could have been Heinz, could have been French's, could have been Hunt's, could have been whatever, but Heinz Kraft. is. Yeah, or Kraft, yeah. Like, yeah. But it was Heinz. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is the end of round two. John, could you give us the score update? At the end of round two, Tony has uh, 90 and Nicole has 80. Okay, now we're going to go into our final round. And for our final round, you both get to pick a category and John will randomize the decade for the question. And you both have to get it. So uh, with Tony in the lead, Tony, what category do you want to go into the final round? I don't know. Um, I've had the whole game to think about it. I'm going to have to say movies. All right. And your decade there will be the 2000s. 2000s movies. Okay. And Nicole. Well, there are two questions that I've gotten both correct so far and one of them is sports and one of them is fashion i tend to be a little better at sports than fashion so i'm gonna go with sports <laughs> i do not approve <laughs> i don't approve of movies <laughs> and your and your for sports will be the <laughs> 80s 80s all right all right so make y'all's wager based on 80s sports and 2000s movies, and you have to get both questions to get your wager correct. Do you want us to send you them, or uh, how does sh- this work? I mean, I'll trust y'all if y'all just write it down. I don't think okay, you know, either. I'll write it on you a don't page. seem particularly slimy people <laughs> to win a, f- a free podcasting thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. I've written it down on my sheet of paper. Okay. I've written it and circled it really big. Okay, cool. All right, the 2000s movie question. This 2005 film about a married couple of assassins is possibly best known for breaking up Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston and then creating the couple Brangelina. And your 80s sports question. This 1995 Hall of Fame inductee retired in 1989. He was the National League MVP three times in the 80s. Also, a 1980 World Series champion and the World Series MVP. While Tony and Nicole are thinking about their answers, I am just going to let everybody know you should listen to every single episode of every episode of every show on all the Beef Up Network. Listen to everything. They're all awesome. Blast from our past. What are the other shows, John? Talking Back. Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Podcasting After Dark. Podcasting After Dark. Every, listen to, go back. I mean, there's a lot of episodes, so make sure you listen to every single one of them because they're awesome. <laughs> oh, and one of our newest shows. Make sure you check out People Don't Forget. I can see the pain in both Nicole and Tony. I'm not sure if it is the movie or the sports. 
or all the above. I brought it upon myself. It's the sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the sports, and I should freaking know this. I know. I know who won the World Series in the 80s, in 1980, and so I know, at least I know that. I know what team won um, won the World Series in 1980, but got to think about who played for them, and that's harder. Yeah, I can't even think of who won the World Series that year, so that puts you a step ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> But at least we know it's a National League team, right? Correct. True. Correct. We know it's a National League team. Yep. He was a National League MVP three times in the 80s. Does it help that I say it three times like that? Three oh. times! Three times! <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this is also why I like our new category, or our new um, format, John. Because it's the Kiss... Contestants' faults. They pick the categories, and so it's like they yeah. can't blame us. Yeah, I like this actually. <laughs> oh, it's a great, it's a great format. I'm just wishing I'd picked a different category. <laughs> I just, this is dumb. Okay, I thought of, I thought of two people that played for them around the time. Three people who played for them around that time, I think, but I don't know their first. Name so last last name's last fine name? yeah Jeopardy last name's fine yep okay yep in Jeopardy we trust that is absolutely how we believe. Mm. All right, I'm I'm locked in. By the way, I'm ready. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm give me a little. <sighs> yeah, take your time. It's Saturday night. I've got a glass of wine and a oh, thing of frozen I, pizza. I'm good to go. It's noon. I wish I should start drinking. Mm-hmm. You did this to yourself, Nicole. <laughs> I did do this to myself, and you could I could have had a nice, easy lit question, or <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I feel like I've hit the end of. I feel like I, I feel like I've hit the end of what I'm gonna do, so I'm gonna do a guess, and it's probably gonna be wrong, but it's somebody who I know was good and played in the National League. Although I'm not sure he retired quite that early, we'll see. Okay, all right. Well, Nicole, as you oh, were shoot. behind by ten points, how about you let us know uh, what your answers are? Let's uh, start off with the 2005, because that one wasn't so troublesome, it seemed. 2005 film about the married couple of assassins that is possibly best known for breaking up Brad Pitt and Angelina, or Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that one, I, I've never seen the movie, but you said husband and wife assassin, 2000s movie, Brad Jelena. I'm in with Mr. and Mrs. Smith for that one. Okay. And what was your answer for the sports question? Yeah, I'm about to sound really dumb, but 1980s was just a little before I was watching much in the way of baseball. I'm certainly better at my sports 90s and aughts, which... Looking back, there was a 90s sports question and an aughts sports question, so I really should have cut my losses and picked a different category for the final, but 
that's on me. I should have been writing down the decades as well as who was getting each question right on my sheet. That's bad record keeping on my end. But very good National League player. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong because I think he retired a little bit after 19 or sorry, retired a little bit after 1989. But I put Ozzy Smith just because I know the Cardinals have won a pile of World Series. All right. And Tony, what was your answer to the 2000s quest to 2000s movie question? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. All right. And your answer to the 80s sports question. So the Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series in 1980. And the reason I know this is because I had a roommate in college, a good friend of mine at the time. Won't say anything more. Um, he had, had, we went and got tattoos together once or twice and he got a Phillies tattoo and then it had the, the numbers 8008 because they had just won the World Series in 08 as well. So he's like 8008. He liked the palindrome. So that's why I remember that. And I waffling between a few. I had originally written down something I knew was wrong. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's American League. What are you thinking? And then I settled on Schmidt. All right. That's all I got. That's what you got. All right. Your answers. So the 2005 film about a married couple of assassins is possibly that is possibly best known for breaking up Brad and Jennifer Anderson and then creating Brangelina is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And the 1995 Hall of Fame inductee who retired in 1989, uh, he was the MVP three times and won, won the World Series. It was the Philadelphia Phillies, but the player is Mike Schmidt. You got well it right. Done. Are you kidding me? You nailed it. Mike Schmidt was their probably the all-time greatest Philadelphia Philly of all time. He was a third baseman. He was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I was like, I knew... I had heard the name and I just. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Phillies <laughs> crossed my mind. I knew they were National League. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't think of any 80s Phillies. And yeah, well done. And they you were on that. Was it. Did Tuck. I know Tuck McGraw played in that World Series. Was he a Philly? Or was he for the. Was it the Royals? I, no, um, not the Royals. Uh, he played. He did play for the Phillies. I don't know. I'm not anyway. sure if he played yet. Tug McGraw is like a player. I more than pretty much like <laughs> any other sport besides curling. So, mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, Tug McGraw did play for the Phillies at some point, And it looks like, oh, yeah, seven, yeah, he played during that time. So he did win a World Series at that time as well. So, But you got it right. Mike Schmidt, great pull. Um, it doesn't really matter about the wagers, but let's find out so we can get our final score. Nicole, what was your wager? Well, I wagered 11 because I was 10 points behind, and so I wanted to be covered if you bet zero. Okay. And Tony? I wagered 11 because <laughs> I'm terrible at wagering logic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, could you do that math and let us know the final scores? With a final score of 101 to giggity 69, <laughs> Tony is the winner. Oh, yes. <laughs> Well done. Nice. Congratulations, Tony. <laughs> nice, Nicole. <laughs> wow. That was a really good game, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. That was so much fun. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, Nicole, how about you start us off? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to promote? Anything like that? 
Sure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This was a lot of fun. Congratulations, Tony. And only thing I really have to promote is I host a podcast called Chicago Race of the Day. So if you're curious about horse racing or want to know a little bit about what's going on with horse racing in Chicago, tune in. I do an episode for every day of thoroughbred horse racing in Chicago. And it's short. I discuss one race, so it's only about 10 or 15 minutes. And then also I do some volunteer work for Cantor Chicago, which helps thoroughbred horses in the Chicago area find homes. So if you're looking for a horse, see if there's a Cantor affiliate in your area and consider an off-track thoroughbred because they can do, there's so much that they can do depending on what you want to do with a horse. If you like to just ride and be chill, there are horses that can do that. If you want to do higher level jumping or eventing competing, there are horses that can do that too. So check out off-track thoroughbreds. Very cool. That's great stuff. Uh, and Tony, anything you want to mention? Not really. No. <laughs> um, I'm good. Um, yeah, no, no um, I don't know. I can't really think of anything except um, just to support local artists at the time, especially people who like who work in, theater, in the theater arts. And I know it's hard for people to find work at all and I know people are doing the grind so any of your local makers and artists to support them when you can yep that's fantastic both that's great causes yeah. <laughs> both awesome great causes that you guys mentioned um, yeah. and uh, for John I'm Adam thank you everybody for listening and this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, Well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.